podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today we are going to be talking about transportation. Um, yes. So I think we were look, thinking of talking about transportation in different countries that we've lived in yeah. and how it's quite varied. Um, I guess for me, the first country I lived in was South Korea and... Mm-hmm. At the time, a lot of things were accessible by foot. Um, I right. think we had a car when we were in South Korea, but I could be wrong. My memory is very hazy. Mm-hmm. I was like six or seven, so I don't remember yeah. fully. But I do remember that there was uh, an underground rail system. Okay. Um, so that's what I remember of that. And then I know when we moved to Guatemala, we had to have a car. Like everyone who yeah. was who was local there was like, you need, you must have a car. Otherwise you're never going to leave your house. Um, So (laughs) yeah, we had a car. Transportation in Guatemala was very interesting. Um, I thankfully never saw it, but I heard many stories of um, people getting stopped in their cars in Mm. like mountainous areas and getting robbed. Um, Yeah. Would also hear stories of buses the same thing happening, um, them getting stopped and them robbing mm-hmm. everyone on the bus of their belongings. So thankfully that never happened to us. But I, I did hear yeah. from a couple of kids who are my age who like went through that uh, at my school. Mm. But yeah, we were very lucky. That was that was something where yeah we it really was luck on our side because unfortunately that, that did happen. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, is if you... So one thing about cars is that, generally speaking, I suppose they're much easier to stop than you think. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. It's, it's not too difficult in a situation where it's in the middle of nowhere just to stop a car. Yeah, no, it's you know. there is the possibility of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we would see very interesting things whenever we would drive around Guatemala. My brother has a very vivid memory of uh, one time we were driving around in the city in uh, La Ciudad mm-hmm. de Guatemala. And we saw, a, it was either a motorcycle or a scooter. I'm pretty sure it was a scooter. And it was two adults on the scooter with a small child on the front where the handlebars were, a small child yeah. behind one of the parents. So on the back of the scooter, there was a baby with one of the parents and then a small child in between the parents. So they were like sandwiching right. the small child. And I was like... I don't remember that, but my brother very <laughs> vividly does. And so every once in a while he brings it up. I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's alarming <laughs> to see. Yes. Road safety? Nah, we'll be fine. No, it's what right. are seatbelts? <laughs> there are actually quite a few cars in Guatemala that just straight up didn't have seatbelts. Right. Yeah, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Guatem- now. Guatemala had really interesting sights. We'd, saw, we'd see a lot of cars that were duct taped, like the... Doors were literally right. duct taped yeah. to the cars. That's how the door stayed on the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, I suppose, you know, I suppose if you haven't got anything else and you haven't got the gear, then I suppose that's the only thing you can do, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if those are your limitations, you're going to stick with it. But mm. there, there was always some interesting and fascinating sites. Um, I think yeah. my favorite country when it came to transportation um in general whether it was by car by train 
plane, whatever it was, was Japan. I loved yeah. traveling in Japan. It was so easy. Um, yes. And I mean, you dealt with it a lot more, dealt with it, but you, you interacted with transportation <laughs> in Japan a lot more than I did because you were there longer. Yes. Yes. I mean, the thing is that the trains run most of the time. They're on time. Um, we've got plenty of buses around. Uh, it's all very well integrated. You know, there will be somewhat you could get places. I mean, I suppose the thing is, is that within Japan, like in the cities anyway, it's all interconnected. Like mm-hmm. the rail system is really good. So you've got the JR, the Japanese railway, and then you've got other companies that do things as well mm-hmm. and the thing is is that i suppose because of the way that the, the geography of japan the thing is is that because you have these really big cities it makes sense to have the train system set up in that way mm-hmm. um they are very very effective and i think the japanese government does put a lot of money into doing it because it's it's important yeah it's, everybody uses them so so and the thing is is that Cars aren't necessarily that important in Japan. I mean, they have them, obviously, but I mean, most people will end up using public transport because it's so convenient. It's so well run. Yeah. They actually care about it. And I'm not sure why they are so good at it, but I don't think they argue about it the same way as people do in sort of like Western Europe and stuff like that. Was, oh, you can't have it nationalized. You can't have this. You can't have that. They're much more keen on it, Well, um, which makes sense. I think. I think a big part of it is a societal difference where japan there's a really big focus on the community and on Mm. doing things that make sense for the greater population whereas i think that there's a lot more individuality in the west there's a lot more of like i want to do this so i'm going to go this so public transportation sometimes is a little harder that's why there's so many cities that like they were built around the idea of having a car like la yeah you Oh, if yeah. you don't have a car in LA, you're screwed. You're only going to go into certain areas. And they've gotten yeah. better um, having gone to visit LA. They have definitely gotten a few pieces of public transportation that have improved the city mm-hmm. and made it a little bit more accessible. But it's nowhere near like in Japan where you literally don't need a car. There are so yeah. many people in Japan who just don't own one. And I think to Americans, yeah. that's unfathomable unless you live in New York. <laughs> if you live in New York, yes. you're like, why would I own a car? I have the subway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And that's uh, the same mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's similar in Britain. I mean, it's not quite as extreme as it might be as in LA. But I mean, the idea that people can't drive. I mean, people people tend to learn to drive when they're 17 mm-hmm. here. So, you know, that that's that's when you're allowed to learn to drive. Or at least allowed to drive anyway. Um, so there are a lot of people who who learn at that age and then just can do it for the rest of their lives. And you kind of think that makes sense. But then Britain is in the United States. I could kind of understand because it's such a big country. Oh, it's huge. It's easier to fly. I mean, mm-hmm. or to drive. I mean, I suppose you they do have the cross country trains and stuff, but it's yeah, they're they're not as frequent. You don't really hear as many people yeah. taking cross-country trains most of the time there's this kind of like not myth but there's this narrative of doing a cross-country road trip like I've known Mm. quite a few friends who've done it my brother and I have talked about doing it my partner and I have talked about doing Mm. like a cross-country road trip because the U.S. is so big there (laughs) is this kind of this attractiveness to exploring this huge expanse of land in a car 
because it's like, well, I can go wherever I want to. Whereas if you hop on mm. a plane or you take a train, you really are totally reliant on whenever that's landing or stopping. So yes. it's not like you can be like, oh, look, there's a museum for balls of yarn. Let's go check that out for some <laughs> rant. Like there's so many really weird museums in the middle of nowhere in the U.S., and I think that's yeah. that's probably one of the things that attracts people to doing cross-country road trips is, like, there's a really famous, um, I don't remember in what state it is, but there's a really famous art piece where someone took all these abandoned cars and then mm-hmm. um, placed them vertical so that they're standing, like, on their headlights. And right, yeah. it kind of looks like a long row of just these cars in a line and I think someone referred to it as like the American, um, oh, what are those stones called in England? Um, Not Stonehenge. Yeah, they were like, this is the American yes. Stonehenge. It's just a line of abandoned <laughs> painted cars in the middle of nowhere because oh, there's space. No. It's so yeah, yeah. weird. <laughs> it's quite a cool idea, actually. What are you going to do with them otherwise? <laughs> They're just going to yeah, go exactly. bad. Yeah, just, just, well, yeah, not bad, just, but you know. <laughs> You know, they're not going to work anymore. They're already broken. Yeah. <laughs> they're no use to anybody stood on their tops. <laughs> not going anywhere. Yeah, it's... I, I definitely see the attractiveness towards having a car. We have a car mm. right now, and I don't mind it. I definitely do miss, though, living in cities where public transportation is a bigger part of life. Yeah. I yeah. loved that. I loved living in New York where you can catch the subway and it will basically take you anywhere. Or if it doesn't take mm. you directly to where you need to go, you'll walk. Or yeah. And same thing with Japan. Like like you said, there's the JR Railway, which is run nationally. But then there's all these yeah. other sub-rail lines that actually run all parallel to each other. So if you just yes. walk a couple blocks up, there's another train. <laughs> you can catch it and yep. go home. <laughs> it was great. It's yeah, it's it's really effective. I mean, the only place in Britain that's like that in terms of having a subway system or something like that is is the underground in London. Mm-hmm. That really it's it's good. I mean, th- it it could be better, but I mean, it always could be, couldn't it? But I mean, it's just um, it's a really useful train system to have mm-hmm. because you get all across London. I mean, you will be able to find a way to get to a tube station. They call it the tube. Uh, yeah, in, in I London, I remember so. taking the tube when I went to visit London, and I really liked it. My dad hated yeah. it because he's tall, <laughs> he's he's six yeah. foot, and the whole time he was bitching about the fact that because it's yeah. curved. That's actually a thing that's really interesting with the tube is that the trains are curved, which I've never seen yes. anywhere else. So if no, I haven't. <laughs> so if you're tall, you have to like crouch down when you first enter the train otherwise Mm -hmm. you will hit your head and it's so (laughs) funny to me that there's like many people who take the tube and they're like they just can't fit in the actual train because it's rounded I just for some reason that's so funny to me I love it (laughs) it's strange yeah I can't think of any other trains that do that not sure why they did it I I don't know if efficiency I have no idea it might be something to do with the shape of the tunnels, because I know that the tunnels were built a very long time ago. So mm. I think they built a lot of them were built in the Victorian era. So they probably were less ambitious in terms of the size of the train that they were going to be building. <laughs> you know, 
Do we need one for tall people? Nah. Nah. Everyone's short. No one's going to get taller. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think that might be part of it uh, because the tunnels aren't very big, Mm -hmm. as far as I know. So I'm assuming that's the reason the shape of the trains is just, you know, this is the shape they've got to be because this is how big the tunnels are. We're not (laughs) widening them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you don't, that's also the thing is you don't want to start destroying the structural integrity of the city that's lying on top of it. That's actually one of the things that in New York has been a long time issue. They keep trying to build more trains to make more accessibility Mm -hmm. to especially widen accessibility in certain boroughs. There are certain boroughs Mm -hmm. where there's just not as many trains. They're they're just a little bit more limited. There's still the bus system and the bus system is pretty efficient. But train wise it's lacking and so they've Mm. been talking about you know expanding the train system but they would have to do it above ground or they would have to do it underground and really really reinforce the structure because otherwise they start getting into having issues with the integrity of the buildings that lie on top um Mm. so that's been a huge like thing that's delayed a lot of progress in the subway system in new york is they literally need to be careful for the city's (laughs) structural integrity um it's wild and and building above ground is not always the most efficient either because then you start running Mm. into obstructing the city that's running right now and you know people need to get to work they need to be able to do what they need to do and if you start building above ground, that that might delay traffic. It could delay work. There's a lot of factors that get involved in it. Mm, yeah, that's the point. That's, it's a funny one because the people have just been discussing this sort of stuff in Britain anyway because they have the thing. It's like uh, there was uh, I cannot remember in the 1960s I think it was there was a, there was a huge program to remove huge numbers of train stations and rail tracks and stuff like that. Hmm. Because they basically said, oh, they don't make money, so we won't bother with them anymore. And so you can, there are places in Britain you could go where there's just this train station. The, there's no, no train tracks, that nothing. stops. Yeah, no, no, but they've taken the tracks up and everything. They've left all the stuff apart from the railway lines. That's so, so weird. Yeah, there's like one, I think, about 14 miles from York, <clears throat> from York where I'm living. It's, um, it's in Stamford Bridge, and you can see there's like the old viaduct mm-hmm. and a train station. Or what was a train station. And it's just still there. Whoa. Like, and they haven't built over it or done anything. It's just, it's just still there. That must whether, be a whether, really cool space to like take photographs at. Because it probably looks super abandoned. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're still there. But I mean, it was last time I was there. It's just, it's just an interesting experience. But I mean, like loads and loads of places got left behind in Britain because they took up the um, transport systems. And now people are thinking like, well, why don't we put them back? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sixty years later, everyone goes, "Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe we should put them back." Yeah, what a waste of money! <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's interesting because I think you know certainly like in Britain because it's the same with the cars and stuff like that. People don't think about public transport in the same way. I mean, there are plenty of buses around York and stuff like that, but then York's a very sort of touristy type town, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So you're gonna want the buses because you can move people around very easily. People want to come into York and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a rail hub in a way. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of trains pass through York and they will head off to places like London, Edinburgh, Leeds, which isn't too far away, you know, places like that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, also go to Manchester as well and Liverpool. So, I mean, it's, York is a rail hub, but it's just interesting that there used to be railway lines nearby that have just been taken up to smaller villages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a short distance away, but I mean, the thing is, is that it can be a problem for people in sort of like remote areas. I think it's the same in Japan, though, where they've started removing some of the older stations and placing new ones in other places where it, where it would be more useful. Mm-hmm. Um, which I suppose kind of makes sense, but then again, at the same time, you do worry that some people will be left kind of abandoned yeah. in the middle of nowhere. I do remember hearing a story where in Japan there was a train station that was going to be demolished because there was almost mm-hmm. no one using it anymore, but they delayed the demolition of the train station because there was one student who took the train mm-hmm. to go to school every day. And right. until they graduated, they kept that train running so that the student really? could take the train every day. And then once she was graduated, they, they took it down, but no one else took it. It was just her. I remember hearing that story. Oh. I was like, that's so Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. Yeah. It's like so quintessential Japanese. Um, I love it's that. Just, it's good though that they would think to do that because I mean you wouldn't hear of that happening in Europe or no, well maybe some areas of Europe, but you wouldn't hear of that in sort of like Western Europe or the United States. No, they like, would be like, "That sucks. Go catch a ride. Like grab a cab. Get someone to give you a ride." <laughs> yeah. Um, or walk to the next one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I I think when it came to transportation in Japan, I always enjoyed how clean it was, how efficient it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, not all that expensive when you really think of, you know, the amount of labor that goes into keeping those trains running. It really wasn't all that much. Even the private rail systems were usually pretty close in price to the JR line. Um, And actually, something I want to recommend for anyone who's going to Japan, do yourself a favor and get a JR pass. If you're going to be in Japan, you're traveling around, there's a thing that you can purchase in advance, the JR pass. I don't know what the price is. The last time I got it was like $100, 100 euros. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But it basically gives you a certain time period during which you can travel using only JR Rail. If you use any other railway, you'll have to pay for it. But you can use mm-hmm. JR Rail and most Shinkansen, which are the bullet trains, yeah. without having to pay extra. Which That's is good. awesome. That's really good. And it, it really racks up very quickly. So like, mm-hmm. the reason I know this is when I was graduating from high school, uh, my friend and I decided that we were going to go to Japan as like a senior trip. And one of the things I insisted we get was the JR Rail Pass. And I think within a week, we Mm -hmm. like made the difference where it was like, okay, like if we hadn't gotten the JR Pass, we would be spending over the amount that we paid for it. So really worked out in our favor. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, the the Japanese are good at sort of doing that stuff. Like, you, you know what you're going to pay on any given day and all that sort of stuff. In Britain, it gets a bit weird. Like, it's like if you buy tickets l- a long time in advance, then you get them cheaper and that sort of thing. But I mean, I think 
I like the Japanese system because you know whether you buy it in advance or you buy it on the day, it's going to be the same price. Mm-hmm. You know what it is one way, you know what it is on the way back. They don't do that thing of like going, oh, well, if you get a return, it's this and that and the other. Because they sometimes do that in Britain where it's like it's slightly cheaper if you get a return instead of getting it one way and then the other way. Yep. But then the problem is, is that you say to somebody, well, can I get a return? They say, well, how far are you going? Well, I'm just, I'm only going sort of like two miles up the road. And they go, well, it's cheaper just to get the single and then get another single. It's like, well, what's the point in having a return ticket then yeah. existing? Because a lot of people will do that and it gets a bit confusing, you know. And whereas Japan is just like, that's the fare. That's it is. It. It's not going to change. That is the price. Unless all of the fares change. The fare doesn't yes. like fluctuate in price depending no. on the day. That's actually something that also bothers me in the States with the mm-hmm. general rail system, not subway, but like mm. at least with the New York uh, transit system there we take sometimes we've taken the train from buffalo to new york and depending on if you buy in advance you'll get a cheaper rate or you may not um right. if you're getting the express train it'll be more or it may not like it completely depends on whatever yeah. moon cycle it is if you pray to the right <laughs> god like who knows it just the <laughs> prices always change and it always frustrates me because it's like i just can yeah. i just pay a ticket so i can go and not have to pay an yeah. arm and a leg please that's all i want <laughs> i mean it's just funny because it, 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 you just kind of think that you know wouldn't it make s- you, you can't plan things in the same way as you would be able to like because you don't know how much it's going to cost. So it just make. I think that's the thing is that maybe partly it's just because people, certainly in Britain and the United States, as far as I understand it, don't like or aren't as interested in public transport mm-hmm. as they are in places like Japan. It, they don't value, like, the governments don't value it so much. Mm-hmm. So people are encouraged not to value it either. Mm-hmm. And so they make, and it, so it becomes difficult. Like, oh well, it costs this much, and it costs that much, and the prices keep rising, and the service doesn't change, and the trains are always delayed, and all that sort of stuff. And you just got all these problems all the time. So people just, you know, it, it's a it's a self self fulfilling prophecy in a way. It's a mm-hmm. perpetual cycle of it just going round and round, and nobody really wanted to do anything about it. And I like the way that you stated that there people are basically told not to value it. Because that absolutely Mm. is part of it, is that in Japan, there is a value. Like, people see Mm. an inherent value in public transportation. So you keep it clean. You keep it nice. Mm -hmm. You keep it quiet. You understand that this is a public space, and there are other people in that space with you. So you don't want to bother them. Whereas I find Mm. that in Japan, I haven't really had experience in as much experience in Europe, although I did live in France and it was definitely like this, <laughs> the train system and subway system is not the same value. It's definitely no. treated as like, oh, it's public. And so like I've been yeah. on buses that have been super dirty, that have been poorly mm-hmm. treated. Like there's definitely a devaluing of anything that's considered public and so mm. when you take it, you have the sense of like, oh, this isn't valuable when it really is. But so many people yeah. are told it's not. They don't see the inherent value in it. So they don't take care of it. Yeah. It's really yeah. a shame because when you look at systems like in Japan where it runs efficiently, it's clean, it's great. People love it. It's because they communally take care of it. Yes. It's not someone yes. going around going, this is what you have to do. It's like people just inherently know, we all use this. Let's take care of it together. Yes. Keep it clean, keep it safe, all that sort of stuff. And it makes sense because, I mean, people do need to get around. Um, 
And the thing is that eventually, you know, more people, people are more and more trying to take public transport because of environmental concerns and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that, you know, if it doesn't work and it, or it doesn't exist in some places, mm-hmm. people will end up getting cars because they have no other option. Yep. That's not to say that owning a car is a bad thing in, its, in and of itself, but I mean, it does mean that if, if people are being put in a position where they have to have one. Yes. It means that, you know, you're going to find that there are problems that cannot be solved so easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas public transport seems to be a way of solving a lot of the problems, and it also just—it also, I think, helps in wealth generation as well, because if yeah. people can travel from one area to another and then you know work there and then come back and it's efficient and it's simple, they bring money into areas that might be slightly poorer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But at least they can get to a place where they can earn money. And it also opens up travel to more people. Whereas with cars, yes. if you don't have a good car, there's only so far you're willing to go. There's only certain yes. places you're like, I can safely get there with this car because who knows how long it's going to last. And if you have more mm. money, then it's like, it doesn't matter. I have, I have money. I'll just go wherever I want. Whereas yeah. with public transportation and a well-structured public po- transportation, you have more accessibility to further places. Yes. And it won't be as yeah. expensive. So, like, long term, it really helps out the greater community because it mm-hmm. it makes it so that there's more things that you can do and generate and spread wealth to various areas. I'm a big fan of public transportation, if no one can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the only thing we haven't talked about, which is huge for TCKs, is planes. I mean, we are going to have That's an entire true. episode completely dedicated <laughs> to planes. Um but I, I'm, I don't love them. I don't hate them. I see it mm. as a tool to get from point A to point B. Um, if yes. I if I'm given the choice, I would actually rather take the train. Yeah, I mean, if for example, if I was going from Britain to France, definitely it would be better to get oh, a train. Yeah. I mean, because you can do it because uh, of the Channel Tunnel, and then to travel across Europe, yeah, definitely a train. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, I mean. I don't drive. I don't have a car. Um, so basically, my only option is to get either to fly over to over the channel to Europe or to get a train. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're going to the US, you'd have to get a plane or you could get a boat, but I mean, that would take a bit of a while. <laughs> um, but you could do it. Get in a cargo ship. That's that's the one thing I haven't done too much of uh, is mm. boats. I've I've been on a couple ferries. There's been yeah, a couple trips we've taken, especially when we were living in Guatemala. Um, mm. We would take ferries where you could drive your car on it. It would take you across yeah. the river, and then you could keep driving. Um, I did something similar with my family, actually, in Japan when we went to Hokkaido. They It was like a sleeper yeah, yeah. a sleeper ferry where you could right. yeah, yeah, yeah. park your car, and then you could rent out a room and sleep yeah. overnight and then when you got there in the morning you could just keep driving it was awesome it was really cool yeah my brother was I'm... super sick <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do well with boats or any like no. motion stuff so he was very right. ill um oh dear <laughs> yeah I, not... <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> i've been on ferries to france before like so go there and come back obviously I mean, the one thing, and it's, it's quite nice. So the first one I was over there was overnight, and the next one was throughout the day, which is interesting to see, sort of like, be at sea and see it. And the thing on the way back was there was a bunch of dolphins that came along and swam beside the ship, so that was good fun. Aww, that is one really thing about cute. ships. You wouldn't see that on land. I mean, unless something really weird was happening. <laughs> um, 
but Dolph is just rising out of the earth. That would be weird. The new science fiction novel coming this summer. <laughs> Dolphins oh, <yeah>. on land. <laughs> that would be cool. It's like the new version of Sharknado. Terrible film. But more docile. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like fairies. I don't mind them. I think they're very useful. I actually mm. took the fairy as well from uh, Calais to Dover. I think the first right, time yeah. I went to England, the very first time I went mm-hmm. to England, I took the ferry from Calais to Dover. And I remember getting mm. close to Dover and I was like, wow, that's white. And yes. <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's chalk. And I was like, it's very white. <laughs> There's some yeah. white cliffs right there. And I remember yep. telling my dad when I came back home and he was like, yeah, they're chalk cliffs. Of course they're white. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, ah, I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing about Dover is interesting because you've got Dover Castle that sits right above the city. It's so, you, well, I don't know if Dover counts as a city. I suppose it does count as a city, but it's just an interesting thing to come in there and just go, yep, the English really didn't want the French here. <laughs> and, now it's the, and now it's the main gateway. It's the main port in terms of trade and travel and all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's so, um, it's so wild how like things mm, have changed over history. Yes. The English were like, you're staying out of our country. And now it's like, well, come in. We'll, we'll take your customs. And now it's back to the way it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think for me, when it comes to transportation, a big thing with traveling um, to somewhere you've never been before, this is for anyone hmm. who's not a TCK or is a TCK and is going to a country they've never been, it's always good to check with people who live there or who have lived there and know yes. what works within the local economy so you have an idea because like for example when i went to visit my family in algeria i didn't yeah. really ask them in advance what local transportation was like and so when i got there i realized that it was either taking shuttles to go to certain places with other people mm-hmm. that worked within the embassy or walking because there wasn't right. really public transportation. Everyone had their own car. And I yeah. didn't I couldn't drive there. So that was that was a mistake that I made where I was like, if I just asked, that would have helped me out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it it is important to kind of think about because different countries will do different things. I think certainly for me coming to Britain in terms of like getting public transport is a surprise as I started to do it more, like, how different it was from Japan. Because Japan is just probably second to none in terms of its transportation, in terms of public transport. Mm-hmm. Um, Britain is definitely not the worst in the world, but it is not as good as Japan by any stretch of the imagination. I uh, I haven't been to other countries in East Asia or Southeast Asia. I don't know what their public transportation is like, but mm-hmm. I would say compared to Western public transportation... I think Japan is far superior in terms of oh, cleanliness, yeah. price, efficiency, time, timeliness, like all of those. It yeah. blows everyone out of the water. Yeah. And it's just astonishingly convenient. It's astonishingly convenient as well. I mean, even their buses are good. Mm-hmm. Because they, they're all over the place as well. You can get buses all over the place. Yep. It, I mean, certainly traveling around Kyoto, you would have like the two options because they have their own subway system there. But you could also just get, just get buses. You know, get out of Kyoto Station, get on a bus, and off you go. 
Oh my gosh. I have a really funny, it just like came back to me. I have this really funny story of, we were in Osaka and I think Mm -hmm. we got off at the wrong train station and we were wandering around. I think we were trying to find Osaka Castle and my mom is very poor when it comes to directions and my I don't know why she was like trying to lead us to the place and we just couldn't find it and finally my mom who's the only person who can speak Japanese at the time finally Mm. decided to stop and ask this very small petite Japanese older woman and she said you know in Japanese she was like we're lost we don't know where we are and we were not ready for this because we were told when we moved to Japan people don't like touching you they will not touch you Mm -hmm. this older lady grabbed my mom's arm and just basically Mm. like pulled her until we got a block (laughs) away from osaka castle and then she was like it's right there and then bowed to us and walked away and we were like okay thank you (laughs) it's the weirdest experience wrong Oh my god! It was incredible. It was like one of the only yeah. times in Japan where someone like physically was like, "Follow me," and my mom was like, "Okay, yeah. I'm along for the ride." <laughs> we're gonna get there though. It's all right. Oh my gosh! It was. I don't. You were talking about Kyoto, and it just like flashed at me. I was like, "Oh my god, this yeah. memory!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's it's quite. I don't think that's ever happened to me in Japan after 18 years. That's a bit interesting. <laughs> I know. It was like yeah. this one time. And this was within our first like couple months of living there. So we were right. still... No, this our, that was our first couple months starting to live in Kobe. So we had mm. already did one year in Yokohama, but still like our language skills right, yeah, yeah. were not the best. And so my mom was just like, help, help <laughs> us. We don't know where we are. This old lady just grabs us and takes us there. We were like, oh... Thank you. Feels kind of scary, but okay. Fair enough. <laughs> At least you knew where it was. I know, right? That would have been terrible. It's like I'm just gonna drag you along until you realize that I'm just making you more lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, we were very trusting people. I mean, Japan is. It's very safe. So yeah, that true. is also the other benefit of taking public transportation is that it is incredibly safe in Japan. Mm. I very vividly remember um, being on the train around like 11 o'clock at night. I was with my parents and my yeah. brother. And again, another older woman was sitting at the end of the cart and she pulls out an envelope, takes out what's like thousands of dollars worth of right money Japanese yen and is counting them just like in plain sight counting like thousands of dollars worth of money and I couldn't right. stop staring my mom was like stop looking at her I'm like is someone's gonna rob her <laughs> and she was like it's Japan no one's gonna touch her and no one went close to her no one even spoke nope. to her she just put her money back in her envelope closed it up put it in her bag and got off and I was just shocked I was truly <laughs> like amazed that no one even like thought to say like hey maybe don't count your money in public it, like yeah. wasn't even a thought in their minds they were like it's japan it's a public train system you're fine I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> just count thousands of dollars yeah. worth that's cool <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's, it's just it's amazing really just bringing I... back memories now <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's kind of it for today's topic on transportation. Mm -hmm. We definitely are going to do one that's all uh, specific to planes because that's an experience in itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you for listening to this episode. We're so grateful for all the people who've been listening to our past episodes, our present episodes. It really warms our hearts. Um, if you mm. want to leave us a review or a comment, absolutely feel free to do so. Please subscribe. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube. And hopefully soon, fingers crossed, we will have a Facebook group, uh, which we yes. absolutely encourage you to join. Um, and we're also on Twitter. At, uh, it's at Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. -E and that's what we have. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going <laughs> with. Um, yep. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you next time. Bye.